I'm continuing my teaching on integrity. Last week, we studied about how or what it means to have biblical integrity. And we're going to study about that and what God expects from us. Yes, we understood that integrity is not when people are watching us, but what we do when no one will know. Yes, go to Job 31.1. I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? Why then should I look upon a young one, woman? Why? Because I have made a covenant with my eyes. That means nobody will see that. Nobody will understand that. And no one can patrol that. There is no, if there is a moral pol police, they won't know what covenant you have made with your body. Yes? For all they know, when they are in your presence, you can be most, the most upright fellow. That's what happens in the Middle East, I've seen the religious police walk around. Whenever they are there, people put away the cigarettes. They act morally upright. You know, those those who are Muslims, if it's time for prayer, they'll run and hide. Do you understand? Yes, because they're supposed to be in prayer. So it makes me wonder why these religious police are not in prayer. Yeah? <laughs> Do you understand? But uh, anyway, so... I made a covenant with my eyes. It's not when people are looking. It's not when there are cameras. It's, it's who you are. Do you, do you understand what I mean? Yes, yes. So, because what's in you will come out. You can't hide that forever. Do you understand? You, it'll come out one way or the other. Go to Luke 6.45. A good man out of the... Good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. That's right. So what's in you will come out. A sponge may look clean on the outside, but when you squeeze it, what's inside, you will understand what is there. Do you understand? Yes? So be people of unimpeachable integrity. Ask not what God can do for you, but ask what you can do for your God. That is a sign of maturity, yes? I've heard of a president take that and instead of God, he put country. This is before I was born. So to ask what, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can go for your country. He got that from his from a pastor, not his pastor. Yeah. So ask not what God can do for you, but what can you do for your God? Remember, God has placed before us blessings and curses. It's our choice, yes? Do you understand? So we if we choose to walk upright with Him we get his benefits. If we choose not to go with them, we don't get his benefits. We'll get wisdom, but not his wisdom, something or the other. Do you understand? We'll get blessings, but not the 
godly blessings or what we consider as blessings do you understand go to proverbs 27 he stores up sound wisdom for the upright he is a shield to those who walk uprightly that's right he is a shield to those who walk uprightly so he'll keep you in your integrity in your uprightness if you walk with him if your heart is right with him and if you made a covenant with your eyes he'll make sure that you you are able to uphold that covenant do you, do you understand suppose you don't have a covenant you're willing to go anywhere the water flows or river flows or whatever then really you are in trouble because god will then abandon you do you understand all these things are scriptural you must understand that yes so if you're not walking behind the shield of integrity then go to proverbs 5:23 he shall die for lack of instruction and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray that's right if you don't walk with god you shall die because of what lack of instruction do you understand yes how that will happen throughout the bible it says but one thing is that in in the book of romans it speaks about god abandoning you do you understand and when god abandons you he leaves you to do your stupid will what you think is right and pleasurable do you understand so don't let god give up on you go to romans 1 24 god also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves that's right therefore god also gave them up to uncleanness yeah that means god gave them up to what uncleanness let them do what they want i will wash my hands right off them and if to, to their lust in their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves these are people who don't walk according to the lord's instructions yes so suppose you find yourself in that boat you find yourself away from god what do you do do you condemn yourself do you understand what is you know that all the things from the old testament where god wants to punish you and stone you while the coconut will fall on your head no in the new covenant it says what draw near to god go to james 4:8 draw near to god and he will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double minded that's right draw near to god and he will what draw near to you first you draw near to god you tell god you want to come then what did john um, in john 8 what did jesus say to that woman sin no more she was caught in the act of adultery i don't condemn, condemn you but sin no more so it says cleanse your hearts you sinners and purify hearts you double minded that means don't waver between right and wrong choose life choose blessings do you do you understand yes go to proverbs and psalm 2521 let integrity and uprightness preserve me for i wait for you let integrity and uprightness preserve me for i wait on you 
Do you understand? So make sure that you're always right with God. Your conscience is clear. Sometimes even if you fall, get back to Him. Make sure that you guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. What does it say there? Read Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Yes. So you understand that God doesn't condemn you, and if you need to forgive someone or something, forgive. Do you understand? And if you tend to shift the blame to someone else, or it's because of this, or because of that circumstance, I did it, that's no excuse. This blame game started in the Garden of Eden. Do you understand? Yes? The woman blamed the serpent, the man blamed the woman. If the serpent could blame somebody else, would have blamed some, something. The, blame, the man blamed God and the woman. Get over it. Do you understand? How do you do that? You cast your burdens to the Lord. For He cares for us. Do you understand that? Yes? So whatever it is you're going through, you understand God is there for you. And you just have to talk to Him. He'll draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. Yes? He doesn't condemn you. He's not out to get you. This is the covenant of grace. Do you, do you understand? Yes? Now, there are some terms that we take for granted and because of the culture we live in, we don't understand it fully. One of the terms is being a friend. Nowadays in Facebook, if you click a button, you can be instant friends with someone, yes? But what is a biblical friend? It's part of a covenant with God. Go to Psalm 25.14. Psalm 25.14. Remember, I'm talking about integrity, yes? Yes? Go on. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him, yes? So first you must have what? The fear of the Lord, yes? And that He will reveal His secrets to you, yes? He'll talk to you. He'll tell you what is in His heart. And furthermore, he will show them his what? Covenant. He'll make us understand what his covenant is. Once you have a covenant with God, it's an everlasting covenant. Do, do you understand? Yes? So, as I was saying, you will understand this as I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you this. Today, friendship is approached with a very casual attitude. The other day, someone wanted to be my friend on Facebook. I didn't know who that person was. So, do you understand? So, I made him join a list of people who are still waiting to be my friends. Did you understand? Yeah? There's a big list. Yes? Do you understand? Yes? And sometimes when I have nothing to do, I'll delete those people. Do you understand? Yeah? Did you understand? Yeah. And but the term friend is in the Bible is used to illustrate one of the most intense relationship between God and man in the Old Testament. 
and also in the New Testament to understand the term friend. Because both, if you look at it, Abraham and Moses were referred to as friends of God. Yes? Can you read Exodus 33.11? So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp, but his service Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. That's right. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Do you understand? That is a special relationship. Were not all Israel friends of God? No. Only Moses was. That means a confidant. Can the Lord trust you? How can you be trusted if you don't have integrity? If you are not trustworthy, yes? Go to Isaiah 41.8 But you, Israel, are my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the descendants of Abraham, my friend. That's right. Israel is what? A servant. But there is something more to it. Do you understand? To being a servant and all that. But here, says Abraham is his friend. Is God's friend. Do you understand? Yes? Go to James 2.23. So when you say you are a friend of Jesus, if you don't have a covenant, you're just talking nonsense. Do you understand? Go to James 2.23. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. That's right. Abraham was called a friend of God. Yeah. Now, David and Jonathan were friends. But here is something we don't understand or we don't see fully what consisted, what made their friendship. Go to 1 Samuel 18.3. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Yes. So Jonathan and David made a covenant. Now, what I want to understand, make you understand is this is not exactly the covenant that Jesus has made with us. In that when Jonathan and David made a covenant, that covenant can be understood as cutting. It can be understood as a mingling of blood. Like in the old Western movies, yeah, if you grew up uh, in the Western, in the, between cowboys and Indians, when they were fighting, they finally come to a truce where the chief cowboy and the chief Indian make a covenant. And how they make a covenant is they cut their wrists a little bit so that the blood will come out, and then they'll hold hands. And so now they say the blood is mingled, and there's peace. That That is viewed as a covenant also. Do you understand? You can view this as that, but that is not how Jesus mingled his blood with us. But his blood was shed for us, not mingled with us. You understand the difference, yes? There was no mingling of that blood, yeah? 
But there is a covenant. There's a covenant, but not this. Do, do you understand? You clear on what I'm saying, yes? Yes? So go to 1 Samuel 20, verse 16. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord require it at the hand of David's enemies. That's right. So you understand, this kind of friendship requires a covenant. Do you understand? That means what? No matter what happens to that person, you'll be there. Do you understand? The dictionary defines a covenant as a formal, solemn, binding agreement and an agreement or a promise usually under seal between two or more parties. That's what the dictionary says. But you understand this as something when you are binding yourself to each other in the eyes of God as friends. As someone who will help each other. Do you understand? Not a Facebook friend where you can defriend someone with a click of a button. Yes? Because this is a friendship that is God inspired. In the New Testament, Jesus, as he as before the covenant was made through his own blood sacrifice said something about his disciples. Let's go to John 15, 11 to 17. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my, from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Yes. says, no longer do I call you what? Servants. Israel was God's servants, yes? For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things I have heard from my father I have made known to you. That's a secret of the Lord. Do you understand? It's only for those who make a covenant with them, those who have a friendly relationship with the Lord. It's not just logos. It's not even just rhema. It's having a relationship with the Lord. It's being reconciled to God. Because the word can be, you know, living in a life, but how, how does that change you if you don't appropriate that to your life? So Jesus highlighted two points of this covenant friendship. That is loyalty demonstrated by sacrifice. No one lays down his life, but a good friend does. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah, that means you'll do it even when it hurts. But go to Psalm 15, verse 4. We covered it last week. 
in the in <clears throat> in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears in his own hurt and does not change. That's right. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. Do you understand? That means, does God change? No. Do you, do you understand? Yes. So, understand in all these things, God knows what you need, but you make a covenant with your eyes, and do you understand? If it's impossible, God will make it possible somehow, or He'll tell you one thing or the other. But be you're right with Him. Do you understand? Yes. And the other thing that Jesus pointed out is intimacy, or knowledge that is not shared with others. Why? Because you know what your master is doing. All things that I've heard, I've made made it known to you. Now you need to understand this clearly. Go to Proverbs eighteen twenty four. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Yes, that is what the New King James Version says. Yes, but if you go into depth of what it says in Hebrew. It's actually a, a man of too many friends, a man who chooses his friends indiscriminately, will be broken in pieces and come to ruin. But there is a true loving friend who is reliable and sticks closer than a brother. Do you understand? Yes, you see now. A true friend is someone who sticks closer than a brother. Yes. Sometimes you may not tell your brother everything, but you may tell your friend because he's a confident, confidant. Yes. You do 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 you understand? You're sure that he or she is not going to post it on Facebook. Yes. The next day, yes, turn around and say, "Okay, I'll pray," and then next thing you know, it's on Facebook. Yes, do do you understand? Yes. So it says again, a man of many friends. That means a friend of all the world will prove himself a bad friend, and but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So you can have many friends in the world that they mean nothing. Do you understand? Yes. So what means something to the Lord? And these are the five things that I pray for every day. <clears throat> One, I ask for the humility that I need because I'm not. I have discovered that I am not the most humble fellow. Do you understand? And actually, God is more humble than I am, and that's really hard for me to understand. Yes, Him being so infinitely more powerful than me, how can He be more humble? And second thing is the fear of the Lord. You must have that, yes. Primarily, actually, 
that leads to holiness. Because the Lord will keep you in all your ways, yes? And it will keep you in uprightness. And then you will have integrity. Do you understand? In other words, you are right before God, yes? You are not found wanting before God. But not everyone is perfect every time. So if you mess up during the day, what do you do? Say, woe is me, I'm undone. Or you call your pastor and you complain and you cry? No. You sulk and get away? No. You get back, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you, yes? That's why every night I reset myself. But I check where I'm found wanting. I check every day. This is something you have to do. Do you understand? Yes? Last week I addressed this a little bit, but let's study this more. Go to Daniel 5, 25 to 28. And this is the inscription that was written, Mene Mene Tekel Afresin. Yes, that's right. Uparsin, yes. This is the interpretation of each word. Mene, God has numbered your kingdom and finished it. Tekel, you have been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Perez, your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Uh, then, Bel- Median, Medes and the Persians, yes? So, many appears twice, yes? What does many say? God has numbered your kingdom and finished it, yes? So, and after that is what? Tekel. You have been weighed in the balance and found wanting, yes? That means, when you weigh, what happens to the weighing scale? It goes up and down, yes? So, the way I look at it, is that, okay, God writes condemnation against you, and he says, okay, oh, okay, the scale has changed now. Then he doesn't write condemnation against you. Meaning, it's, do you understand? It's a fluid relationship. That's what I'm trying to say. Yes? Do you understand? Yes? But it shows up as something because what's in your heart will come out. Yes? You can fake it, but here's the thing. What is real, God writes down. Do you understand? Go to 2 Timothy 4.10. Oh, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescens of uh, Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. That's right. Demas has forsaken me, having loved the present world. Demas was working for the Lord, doing everything for the Lord by the book, but what was in his heart came out. And if your heart is still in the world, I have good news for you. Renew your mind in the Word of God. It will change your heart. But if you continue with this stubbornness of forsaking the Lord, you will forsake the work and you will walk according to the world, like Demas. Do you understand? And that 
comes back to your integrity and the covenant you make with your eyes, for example. Yes? Go to Job 31, verse 6. Let me be weighed on honest scales that God may know my integrity. Yes. Let me be weighed in an even balance so that God may know my integrity. Do you understand? Jesus spoke about two sons. One said yes, but didn't do. He said no, but he did it anyway. Remember, many is there twice. Do you, do you understand now? Yes? So it all depends on your heart with the Lord. God makes provision for you to change that. To be acceptable to Him. Do you understand? Yes? Yes? So, see, I told you before that the anointing of the Lord amplifies character. Yes? Go to Titus 1.15. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. Yes, to the pure, all things are pure. <coughs> this is not making the impure into pure in your mind. You can do that by applying faith, yes? But you can't, like for example, I know of people who take a piece of chocolate cake and bind the calories in the cake. I bind in Jesus' name the calories in the cake and they consume that. I think they're foolish, yes? Because there's a line that you can't cross. And did you understand? Yes? Now, if God tells you to bind that and pray for like water that's poison, yes, that's different. You understand what I'm saying, yes? I'm not putting a blanket rule over that. There are times when you can, if it's a bad cake, but you can bind the badness of the cake, if you understand what I'm saying, yeah? Do you understand? So that it tastes good. So you're able to consume it, yeah? And not throw up in front of everybody else, yeah? There depends on that situation, yeah? So... But to the pure, all things are pure, yes? I had a problem with this because my mind was corrupted initially with the world. So when people spoke in the church with their lingo, I immediately associated that with what I heard from the world. And I was like, what? Did he just say that? Um, did you, I didn't understand what was going on. What changed all that is renewing my mind in the Word of God. Because the world that influenced me right now, what I needed was God to correct me and influence me. And also, it also meant that I had to put away people of questionable character. What do I mean by that? People who may be well-meaning, who may be good friends, but they're not biblically right. I had to put them away. Why? Because what does is, what is 1 Corinthians 15.33 say? Do not be deceived. 
evil company corrupts good habits yes bad company corrupts good morals do not be deceived you can only say no so many times when i got saved people said why don't you come drinking with us you don't have to drink you can just sit with us and you know maybe have a seven up or a pepsi we'll drink we'll talk after all you are the life of the party and all these things i said how often can i say no to this maybe a year maybe two afterwards do you understand how will i say no and secondly if someone sees me now as as i'm a pastor if they see uh, me in a bar with a glass of coke you will assume that is not coke yes do you do you understand and if i have to say to you this is coke taste it i may not even see you do you understand yes and there are some things that you have to put away because it says do not be deceived bad company corrupts good morals do you understand it's jesus said count the cost have nothing to do with the unbelievers don't make a covenant with them yes go to proverbs 19:22 what is desired in a man is kindness and a poor man is better than a liar yes that which is desirable in a man is his loyalty and his unfading love and his glory and delight are in his giving a good man is more blessed to give than to receive yes but it is better to be a poor man than be a wealthy liar do you understand yes it all goes back to the integrity of our heart so then what must we do we all want to be right with god yes we know we don't reach the standard that god has kept but we know we want to be there that difference is covered by something known as grace but just because there is grace doesn't mean you stay here the holy spirit helps us get there do you understand as we are conformed more to god's image yes now in the old covenant before jesus went to the cross while he was walking on earth with his disciples the disciples asked jesus how they should pray after the cross we must ask as the temple of god god living in us what must we do to which the bible gives us a clear and definite answer more than once but we'll go through one answer what must we do to change ourselves it's not a question of praying anymore do you do you understand god is already in us what can we do go to james 1 can you read from 12 to 22 blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he has been approved he will receive the crown of life <clears throat> which the lord has promised to those who love him let not let no one say when he is tempted 
I'm tempted tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he himself tempt anyone but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed then when desire has conceived he it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death do not be deceived my beloved brethren every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning of his own, <clears throat> of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures so then my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to wrath for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of god Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves so to condense what has been read right now and go through that it says in verse 21 therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls be doers of the word instead of hearers only what you do when you hear only you deceive yourself do you understand do something about the word it says what therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow wickedness and receive with meekness that means humble yourself the implanted word that means it has to go within you and has to bear fruit which is able to save your souls do you understand you can meditate on this later and go to philippians 2:15 what must i do the jailer asked paul what must i do to be saved you're already saved yes So what must you do? Go to Philippians 2:15 that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Yes, that is what you must do. Do you understand? Be blameless, be harmless. Don't repay evil with evil. Be harmless, yes? Children of God be led by the holy spirit those who are led by the holy spirit are children of god yes without fault how can you be without fault you confess that and god doesn't find fault in you you might do something wrong yes do you understand but here you are in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation but in the midst of that you shine as lights in the world it goes on is that clear yes for that you must have integrity and you must trust in the lord if you don't do that you will struggle if you don't trust in the lord yes he is real so this should help you get in touch with the reality in your life because have truth in the inward being 
that reality in your life that if it doesn't match with your expectations of god then two things could be at play here one is your expectations are not realistic and therefore you need to renew your mind if there are some things that require god to answer that situation seek him have a relationship with him he's real do you understand is that clear yeah, okay let's pray 